0: Amen. Praise the Lord for that choir. Amen? Amen. Outstanding. Well, we are continuing our series of word warnings. And today we're looking at the topic Season Your Speech. Season Your Speech. And in honor of Mother's Day, uh, had to, it would just, just, just be appropriate to think about um, what moms say. And so there's, some, there's a list of things that I found this week uh, that things mom would never say. Okay, you ready for this? Things mom would never say. She would never say, how on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? Get up close. <laughs> mom would never say, just leave all the lights on. It makes the house look more cheery. Mom would never say, let me smell that shirt. Yeah, it's good for another week. (laughs) Mom would never say, go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll be glad to feed and walk him every day. Mom would never say, well, if if Timmy's mom says it's okay, well, that's good enough for me. Mom would never say, the curfew is just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison around here. Mom would never say, "I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleeve." <laughs> mom would never say, "Don't bother wearing a jacket. The wind chill is bound to improve." And then finally, Mom would never say, "Just drink from the milk carton. It'll save me from washing a cup." <laughs> mom never say those things, right? Amen. Well, as we think about our moms, you know, as I was thinking about this topic today of word warnings, as well of of uh, thinking about how we are to season our speech, and this idea of seasoning took my mind back to home, took my mind back to my mom's cooking and my grandmother's cooking, and how they seasoned their food. Uh, some of you probably know what fatback is. I grew up on a healthy dose of fat back, and I still like to eat a piece every now and again as well. I know, brother. Fred said I can get it at nanny's, and I've had it there. (laughs) It's good, too. But fat back in a pot of beans is good stuff. And Grandma would season her food with fat back also, uh, with um, bacon, uh, ham in your beans, whatever, olive oil sometimes, but herbs, spices, and then sometimes you're seasoning our food with the sugar and salt, but moms and grandma always knew how to make it so that it tasted good, right? They knew how to do that. They knew how to season the food. Then doctors sort of had to get in the way of things and tell you not to do some of this stuff, but nevertheless, they knew how to do it. And as we think about this idea of seasoning our food, let's also take that and move it over toward our speech and think about today to learn how to season our speech. Sort of like we season our food with what is good. We're to season our speech with what is good. We're going to look at some verses in Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse uh, 25 going to 32. Look at a couple other places as we go throughout the morning as well. But we'll start here. And in honor and reverence to the Word of God, if you'd please stand as I read for you Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. We sort of pick up in the middle of the chapter, but we'll explain that here in a minute as well. But it says here in verse 25, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Word this morning and every day. How the Word brings life to our bones. It brings nourishment to our soul by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we're going through this series, how you've been dealing with our hearts about the words in which we speak. And may it continue today, that we would take a good look at the way that we season our speech. And may all that we say and do, Lord, bring glory and honor to your name. And so, Father, I pray that you'd be with us this morning, that you'd help us, help us to have open hearts, so to be have receptive hearts. Even vulnerable hearts, Lord, to sense your Spirit's moving in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me as your instrument today. Lord, that I might speak the words that you want me to speak and only what you want me to speak. I am your instrument, your vessel. And so, Lord, I pray now that you would be with us. And may you have the freedom to move in every heart and in every life. And, Lord, we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise for that. Lord, if there are those here today that don't know Jesus, may this be the hour of salvation. For those of us who do know you, maybe a time of uh, retrospect and, and looking inward uh, at our own hearts and our own lives, uh, that, Lord, that you would take control of every part of us, including our speech. And so now, Lord, we pray that the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Well, you find the outline for today's message in the bulletin. A few little blank lines there. We're going to fill in as we move along. But as the first thing is we're keeping this idea of seasoning of our speech, the first thing that we're going to look at is corrupt seasonings. Corrupt seasonings. We want to think about the wrong kind of seasonings to put that we would, would put in our speech. And as we take a look at our scripture today, as I mentioned a minute ago. We're sort of in the middle of this chapter in Ephesians 4. So what is the context of this passage? And basically the context is that Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus and telling them that the old life, the life that they used to live before they became believers, before they followed, began to follow Christ, that old life, that old nature needs to be gone. That's what he's telling them. As a matter of fact, if we back up to verses 17 in chapter 4, we can sort of see a picture of that somewhat, where he says in Ephesians 4, 17, and following a couple of verses there, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding Darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of the heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. And then you pick up in verse 22 where he says, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And then you move down to verse 25 where we started this morning as he's been talking about putting off the old man and putting on the new. He says now in verse 25, therefore, therefore putting away line. And then he continues through the, the rest of that section about how to use the speech. So, as believers, we realize that our natural flesh is sinful amen the natural flesh is sinful it is corrupt and a corrupt nature or a corrupt corrupt heart reveals itself in corrupt communication a corrupt heart a corrupt nature reveals itself in corrupt communication and so this corrupt nature is in each of us since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they rebelled against God in the garden of Eden, we are sinners with a sinful nature in a sin-cursed world. And this sin nature, therefore, then leads to death. This sin nature is death. In Romans seven eighteen, the first part of that verse says, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. In the human nature, in us, nothing good dwells. And from this context then, as we're looking at this passage of Scripture, we're reminded that as believers, our lives have been transformed through Jesus Christ. So then, because of... The transformation that has taken place in our lives and that now we have a new nature in Jesus. Paul says here to the church at Ephesus, then let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So this corrupt idea is the corrupt type of seasonings of how we would season our speech. Corrupt itself, the word corrupt means rotten or bad. You, it, it really has the connotation of like rotten fruit or being worthless, or bad, or a spoiled vegetable. Now, so this kind of corrupt language, he is saying, should no longer dwell in me as a believer. Because of who we are now, the old life is gone. We've been transformed in Christ. Now let no corrupt communication, let nothing rotten, let nothing worthless, nothing spoiled come out of your mouth. It should not dwell in me. It should be put away just as the old man, the old life has been put off. In other words, we must not season our speech with corrupt seasoning. Now, this type of language should be repulsive to us. This type of corrupt language should be repulsive to us just as a as smelly, rotten food. Y'all know what I'm talking about, smelly, rotten food? Maybe you've, you've let some, some potato sit in the closet just a little too long. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, maybe the, t- the tomato on the windowsill that you've been trying to get rid, well, it got rid and then it got worse, Right? And, you, and then you went to pick it up, your finger went through, you know, ah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And begins to smell, you walk in and you smell, it just it permeates the whole room. It's this rotten, smelly, no good, worthless now food. Well, friends, listen, that type of language, of corrupt language should be just as repulsive to us as believers as how smelly rotten food is. Because it repulses us when we see that or smell that, right? And so that same kind of corrupt language in a believer should be repulsive to us. And just in case we don't quite understand, Paul gives some examples of what that corrupt communication looks like. In verses 25, he goes further there. He says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. In verse 29, he says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification. Let no corrupt word at all. So this corrupt communication, verse 31, he then gives a little bit more detail. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice well bitterness bitterness is settled hostility that poisons the inner man did you catch that having bitter words that comes from a bitter heart and bitterness is a settled hostility that poisons the inner man wrath is an explosion an explosion on the outside from feelings on the inside anger is a passionate temper Clamor, whereas clamor means fighting with fists, evil speaking means fighting with words. It's a slander. And malice means wickedness or badness. And so he is talking about this this communication, this corrupt communication is a worthless communication. It is not to be in the believer. It is foolish talking. As a matter of fact, if you go down further into chapter five, all of Ephesians is great. But if you go down just a little bit further, a couple of verses in chapter five, verse four, as he's talking about, you know, uh, he's talking about how uncleanness should not be is not fitting for saints. In verse uh, three, verse four, he says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting. These are not fitting for the believer. So this. Foolish talking, or or as we think about this corrupt communication, it could also be conversations of cursing and swearing to try to be a part of the crowd. These should not be seen in the believer. A person who has a transformed heart is not going to have this corrupt communication that comes out of their mouth. As we think about this, the 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 conversation where it's trying to fit in with the crowd, we have to. Our mind goes back to, to Peter. Uh, just as Peter did that when Jesus was arrested, and back in Mark chapter 14, when he denied Jesus while he was in the midst of the crowd, and it says that he swore and he cursed. Remember? So, this kind of corrupt seasoning in a believer tells us in verse 30 that it grieves the Holy Spirit. Verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So uh, a heart and speech, listen, a heart and speech that's filled with corrupt seasoning that is a believer uh, of, uh, grieves the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit grieves, now listen, as, as this, this idea of grieving the Holy Spirit, when we use words that are corrupt as believers, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, the, when the Holy Spirit grieves within you, then there's a loss of joy. Not only is there a loss of joy, but there's a loss of His power. And It's a loss of his blessing as well. You know, Paul knows exactly what he's talking about here when he says, "Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, right? As believers that should not be a part of who we are." And then in verse five verse four, rather in chapter five, again, a minute ago, where it tells that these kinds of words are not fitting. We need to remember, then this: that corrupt seasoning in speech does not fit the believer. Amen? Let's say that again. Corrupt seasoning in speech does not fit the believer. That's what he says here. If it, not, that which is not fitting, this foolish talking, this filthiness, this coarseness, it is not fitting for the believer. And what do you do if something doesn't fit Well, you usually take it to goodwill, right? Or pass it on to someone. Or if it doesn't fit, you get rid of it, right? You get rid of it. You put it off. And again, in verse 22 of chapter 4, that's exactly what he said is, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt. Because now we've been transformed in Jesus Christ. The old life does not fit. Our words that are corrupt do not fit the believer. Put it off. And just as with rotten food, friends, we throw it out because it is worthless. You might, be using, you might be using corrupt seasoning in your speech thinking that you're some big person. But, friends, I'm here to tell you that it's worthless. It's getting you nowhere. Amen? It gets you nowhere. It's worthless. Corrupt seasoning. Throw it off. Throw it out as believers. Secondly, not only do we see corrupt seasoning, but then we also see correct seasoning. Seasonings. What's the correct? Words that have been seasoned by the transforming, redeeming work of Christ. In verse 23 and verse 24, if you back up a little bit again uh, to chapter 4, we see uh, that it tells us there that, um, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You see friends, we are now righteous and holy with a new character and tr- and having transformed speech because of that. So what are the correct seasonings for our speech? What are the correct seasonings for our speech? <clears throat> Let me just pause here for just a minute and say this. I love pie. You all with me? Man, I love pie. To my detriment. I love pie. Cherry pie? Chocolate pie? Coconut pie? Pumpkin pie? Mmm. It's Mother's Day. We might go out and get pie today for for my wife. But what is it in the pie that makes it so addictive, makes it so alluring? It's the sugar, right? It's that which makes it so sweet, Did I mention I love pie? It's the sweetness of the pie. It's the sweetness. It's the sugar in them. That sweet seasoning that is alluring and addictive. The correct, and so for us as believers, friends, listen, the correct seasoning that we need to have must be sweet. It must be a sweet seasoning. Proverbs, listen to Proverbs 16, 24. It says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Sweet words. Paul is telling the church at Ephesus that their speech that comes from the inside of a transformed life must be sweet. And he gives examples of those here as well. In verse 29, he says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. That which should come out of your mouth as a believer, that is the correct seasoning. That which you're seasoning your speech with that which is sweet is that which is good for edification. Is good for building up other people. That which imparts grace so that it may impart grace to the hearers. Imparting grace to the hearers, that means gracious words. The words that the correct seasoning are gracious words that are to come out of our mouths. Gracious words, words that, that minister grace. You see, friends, we're saved by grace. We're saved by God's grace. We don't deserve what we have received, but God's grace has allowed us to be saved. We're saved by God's grace. We're changed by His grace. We're like Him because of His grace. We We have been given the Holy Spirit within us, and we have God's grace within us. And so our words then are to be gracious and full of grace. Our speech is to be controlled by grace and pointing to Jesus. Gracious words that build up. Verse 32, he goes further and he tells us, And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The words there, kind, tender hearted, compassionate, forgiving, what does that look like? That looks just like Jesus. Amen? So the words in which we are to be proclaiming the words that are to come out of our mouths. No corrupt season, but the correct season is that which looks like Jesus. These are sweet, that is, that is addictive, alluring, that people see in us, that are gracious. Remember, we talked about 1, 2, 3, 4. The, the verse that pops up on the, the video as we begin this morning. Matthew twelve thirty four says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, friend, listen, if if your heart is filled with Jesus, then your speech will be seasoned with his sweetness. Amen? If your heart is filled with Jesus, then your speech will be seasoned with his sweetness. But I also want you to know that there's also another correct seasoning, not only sweet, but also salt. You know, it's appropriate to have sugar in a pie but it's appropriate for salt to be on a baked potato, right? Some people don't believe that, but most of us do, that salt is good. it's something that's bland, you put a little salt in it. And so that's a different season, but it's not appropriate to put salt on your pie, and it's not appropriate to put uh, sugar on your baked potato. It might still taste good, but I don't think that's appropriate. But there's just... You know, there's just different seasonings for different things. So different situations call for a different seasoning. And the same must be said for our speech as well. While we are to maintain, now listen, while we're to maintain that Christ-like sweetness about us, there's also the call and the command for us to be salty, for the speech to be salty. In, in this way, in Colossians 4, 6, says this, Let your speech always be with grace. There's the sweet part. Let always be seasoned with grace. I mean, always be with grace, and then seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. Now notice some things about that verse there, if you would. Notice the correct seasonings are to be consistent. Let your speech always. Is there any wiggle room there? Was always mean? It means always. Always means at all times, it means forever. So our speech is to be consistent, not consistent only at church functions. That's not what that means, right? It means consistently all the time, whether you are out in public or whether you're in private with your family. Whether you're on the road driving by yourself or whether you're in the middle of Walmart. Wherever it is, friends, your, your speech as a believer has been transformed and it is to be consistent Always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt means to be effective. Salt had a purifying influence. It was preserving, had a preserving influence and a purifying influence. And he tells us there, knowing how to answer, meaning ready to respond. And as Paul is writing about uh, in, in, uh, chap- in, in Colossians chapter 4, if you back up a verse in verse 5, I'm not going to read it, but it tells us there that wisdom, uh, wisdom toward those who are outside, he says there. So our speech, he is saying, talking about how to speak to those who are on the outside, those who don't know Jesus. Our speech is to be seasoned with salt, being effective to share Jesus with those who do not know him. First Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Did you notice that? Always be ready. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Let me just ask you a question. How will they know... To ask you about the hope that is in you, except by what you do and what you say. Right? That's what people will see in you, and you are to be ready to give that defense. It's how you act and how you talk. Listen, friends, as believers in Jesus, watch this. Our speech is to be seasoned with the sweet that looks like Jesus and seasoned with the salt that points to Jesus. You got that? Our speech is to be seasoned with the sweet that looks like Jesus, and seasoned with the salt that points to Jesus. So the corrupt seasoning is that which we are to put off. The old man is gone, and we put it off. And the correct seasoning is the new through Christ, we're able to put on the new. And as we put on the new, the transformed life. As Jesus transforms our heart and our lives, then he also transforms our mouths as well. That's the correct seasoning. And then thirdly, we see this. Not only the corrupt seasoning, the correct seasoning, but we see the content of the seasonings. The content. I don't know about you all, but a lot of times I find myself at the store, when I'm looking at things, I'll pick up the can or the bottle and I'll look at the label. Because I want to see what's the contents of what's going on. What what, are the, what what has the manufacturer put in this stuff? Right. Some things I have no clue what these words are, but I'm getting ready to put it into my body because it tastes good. Right. But some things are not that way. You know. You know exactly what they are. The contents of the season. It's important what's on the label for us. And so, whatever that may look like for you, uh, nevertheless, it's important what's on the label of our lives as well. And so the most important content of the seasoning that you have in your life as a believer is that Jesus Christ now dwells in you. He's the contents of your life, amen? Jesus now dwells within you. And understand as we're talking about, you need to make sure that we are all clear about our, our, our talking and our speech that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He, Jesus came to make dead people alive because we're dead and our trespasses and sin. There's nothing that we can do apart from Christ. We have a corrupt nature. It is death. But when Jesus gets a hold of our lives, he transforms us and he takes us from being dead to making us alive in Christ. We have a new nature in him. But also understand this, that not only does that take place, that he takes us from being dead to being alive, but as he makes us alive, then he also makes us good. That's where the goodness comes from. We're good apart from Christ. We're not good apart from Christ. Only in Christ are we good. And our speech is not good apart from Christ. It's only in him. But as we live this life of following Jesus, we not only must be careful, we must be careful of what we are putting into our lives as well. Jesus dwells within us. But, friends, we also need to understand that we're, po- we're, co- we're constantly putting stuff into our minds and into our hearts. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says this. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. So the company in which we keep influences our speech and can cause the seasonings of our speech to be corrupted. So what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, the company we keep would be our friends, you know, our coworkers. Who is it that we're bringing around us all the time that we enjoy being with just to be with? You know, there's a difference in that and, and building relationships with people and loving on people in order to point them to Jesus. It's another thing just to hear what other people are saying and to let their influence get into your heart and to your life. We have to be very careful of that. But the other thing that I think that a lot of times that we allow into our lives, we think about this idea of an evil influence corrupting us. Friends, what kind of TV shows are you watching? What kind of movies do you go see? What about the video games of today? The books that you're reading? Friends, if we, if we pour the mess into our hearts and our lives, we're putting those contents, the corrupt contents, eventually the corrupt communication is going to come out of our mouths. We need to be very careful of the content that we're putting in. Maybe, listen, maybe the reason that foul and offensive or offensive speech is so easy for the believer to sprinkle about is because of what he or she is constantly feeding their heart. Maybe that's the issue. We need to be very careful of what we're allowing into our minds and into our hearts. Amen? Because it's readily available to us today. You don't have to, you don't have to search very hard. You have to look very hard. You have to listen very hard. We have to be very careful to guard our hearts with what the influence is today. Amen? Be very careful. But rather, we are to heed the word of God in Philippians 4 8. And Philippians 4 8 tells us this. Paul says, Great word here. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, or that means honorable, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report or commendable, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so, friends, let me just ask you, what are you filling up your heart with that will be the seasoning of your speech? What are you putting into your life? What are you allowing into your life that's going to be the seasoning of your speech as you talk to people at home, at school, at work, in the marketplace, wherever you are? What are you allowing in? And so that brings us then to a couple things to do. Let the seasoning of your heart be three things here. And, and let's, let's think about when you go to the store and you pick up... Um, a can, or you pick up a new item, there's some things that you want to see on the seasoning label, typically. And one of those things would be new. You want it to be new. You don't want to buy something that's, been, that's got a bad expiration date. You want not want something that's old. You don't want the, the, the manufacturer of the canned potatoes said, well, these were the best potatoes we could find, but they've been out in the field for a long time, so they're not really fresh, but here, buy them anyway, right? You want them to be new. And so, friends, the, the greatest thing, that as we think about the season of our heart, the, the season needs to be new. And, friends, new comes through Jesus Christ because we are made new in him. The new man, we're transformed into new creations in Christ. We are brand new. It comes through a step of faith, trusting Christ by faith. Uh, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners in need of a Savior, that we need to turn from our sin, put it aside, turn it, take it off, put it away, and turn to Jesus. That's repentance, saying, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. Embracing, believing with all of our heart that Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave. We embrace that. We believe that by faith, and we profess that he's the Lord of our lives, saying, yes, I want Jesus to be the Lord over me, I surrender my heart to him. I surrender my life to him. It's a step of faith when we acknowledge that, that what he's done and he's done for us. It's a step of faith. And when we acknowledge that in our lives and we're genuinely giving our hearts over to Christ, friends, it is a step of faith, and we become new in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen? We're new. We've been transformed, redeemed. Not only does that transform us today, but it transforms us for all of eternity. We have the hope of heaven. We have the joy of Jesus, and we have a transformed heart and life. We're new in him. So that's one thing is you want to be new. Secondly, is pure. If you think about, let the season of your heart, let it be new, but also let it be pure. Fill your thoughts and your hearts with that with pure words. Spend time in the purest words that there are. And those words are found in the Word of God. Spend time in God's word. I saw a sign as we were traveling to Lynchburg this week, At a church sign that said, a Facebook or a holy book? Where are you spending most of your time? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Facebook's a great tool, but sometimes we can allow it to just pour some stuff into our hearts and minds. Let's shift from that and shift to the holy book. Amen? The pure words. Let the pure word dwell your heart. Fill your thoughts and heart with pure words. So you want it to be new, when you look at a label, you want it to be new, you want it to be pure, and you want it to be fresh. Fresh. Let the season of your heart be fresh. When I think about this, I think about Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. This, these, these verses say this. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So, friends, as we think about this idea of being fresh, every morning is a fresh new day. And as we get up in the morning, let's reflect on God's mercy. Let's reflect on God's compassion and on his faithfulness. And let that be the seasoning of our heart, that we're new in Jesus Christ. We're pouring the word of God into our hearts, and we're, we're fresh as we remember that God has been good to us. We are Listen, listen, we are blessed beyond all measure. Amen? We are blessed beyond all measure. His mercies are new every morning. His compassions, they fail not. And let us reflect on his faithfulness. Friends, you never know when God's going to use your speech to touch the lives of other people. Make sure that it's the correct seasoning and not the corrupt seasoning. Amen? Let's pray. Father... We thank you for your faithfulness to us, and we want to be used of you in a mighty way. Lord, we we thank you for transforming our hearts through the power of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and makes us white as snow, that we have been forgiven and made new in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have taken... Uh, the the old and you're the one who cast it away that you create something new within us making us new creatures in christ and so lord we pray that as we think about how we season our speech convict us O oh lord where we oftentimes have corrupt seasoning we're not using the words as we should that's not fitting for us and lord change our behavior as you continue to work in our hearts and lives and may we know that we're new in you we've been transformed now, the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. But also, let us pour into our lives the pure word of God. Let us look on those things that are precious and holy and just and righteous and lovely and true. Lord, may you speak into us so that when we speak out, people hear Jesus. They see the sweetness of Jesus, but also the salt of Jesus. We point to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful. Lord, I pray that as we come to our time of invitation now, Lord, if there are those who have never trusted Jesus to save their soul, to give their hearts to you completely, Lord, I pray that this will be that moment of salvation that they say, yes, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I pray that you give them courage to make those decisions. But also, Father, for those of us who are your believers, we, we all acknowledge, Lord, that we are weak, and we need you to help us to overcome we pray lord that you would help us to recommit our hearts to you to surrender to you maybe it's not our speech we're dealing with today maybe it's something else we're struggling with father you're able to heal every hurt bind up every wound salve every soul by the power of your spirit and so lord i pray that you'd work in our lives maybe there are those here today who, who want to recommit their hearts to you or join this fellowship by faith and and say i want to join church uh, mount pleasant to be my home church and lord uh, whatever that looks like we pray you'd be with them as they come to speak with you the pastor Andy or myself or maybe just to come and pray silently Lord we yield our hearts to you because Lord we want to be pleasing in your sight and we thank you Lord that you indeed have done a great work in us as believers you didn't come to make bad people good you made it make you came to make dead people alive and in making us alive you've made us good so Lord help us to live for you today help us be obedient to your call and let's be faithful as we come to this invitation. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.